0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dad's Rules with Kevin Belzer. No, this is not a very White special. This is me still being sick. Not know what you're thinking in your life, but Kevin, you were sick last week's episode. Yeah, well, in my world, it's only the next day that I'm recording, and I seem to have even less voice than I had before. We're going to try to get through this. So we've been working our way through MenaceCon and recapping it, and today we are on part seven of the MenaceCon recap episodes. We have, in my calculation, anywhere from two to 20 more episodes in this series. Not seriously, it's going to be less than that, but it is definitely more than a couple left to go. Trying to spend some quality time on each person that spoke at MenaceCon and do this thing right. Our next speaker was Curtis Ray. Now, Curtis Ray is the founder of MPI Unlimited, and he has one and a half million plus social media followers and brand worth of tens of millions of dollars. Yeah, you heard me right. Tens of millions of dollars. So this is somebody that definitely knows their shiitake. He also has a book out, and I want to mention this. He just revised it back in July, so it'd be a good time to pick it up. It's called Everyone Ends Up Poor great title for a book, definitely has me intrigued. It's on my to-read list at this moment. It's going to be very difficult for me to try to sum up everything that Curtis said, because a lot of his talk is money and very specific of how money works. So what I'm going to do is just take out some highlights of some phrases he said and extrapolate around those instead of focusing on the breakdowns of how business compound interest accounts and business protection and guaranteed securities and compounding cash. And yes, all that difficult talk that I could get us down a rabbit hole with if I had the mind and brain of Curtis Ray, which guess what? I do not. I do not have any college other than I think I got a credit in English 101 in college. Yeah, at Illinois Central College. Doubt that applies very much in this talk. So what we're going to do, like I said, is we're going to go over some things he said. I'm going to extrapolate off of those, get my insight into those things, and then tell you that if you get an opportunity to see Curtis Ray or jump on one of his webinars, I highly, highly encourage it I will go into a little bit of why on that throughout the notes that I took on him. However, I cannot go into the debt. Again, I just can't. The majority of his talk or all of his talk had to do about how the wealthy make money work for them and how they treat money differently than more people, average wealth people do. The secret is keeping money, not making money. The next thing I want to add to that and then I'll extrapolate We are being distracted by things that won't make us money. Well, I'll give you one word of what that could possibly be. And you can apply it to many different things. But one word would be Amazon. Yep, Amazon distracts us by buying things that won't make us happy. We think they will. They'll give us short-term happiness. But long-term, they don't really help us achieve the end goals of life. It's a distraction. Because remember, the secret is keeping money, not making money. Anybody can make money. In all honesty, it's very simple to make $100,000 a year. I think if people could really grasp how simple a six-figure income is, that they'd realize that that's not really the issue. The issue is not making that. It's how do you keep that and how do you make that that you kept work for you. The next point you made was, do you have compounding in your life? Get this and you achieve the elusive. It's the about the journey and enjoying yourself in real time. And I have to keep pausing and taking a drink because my throat just keeps getting uh, locked up here. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack just in that little bit. But what this brings back to me is my spending over the years and how foolish it was. All those years of making $100,000 and never keeping enough of it to then have it go work on a compounding way somewhere else. Like to give you an example. I spoke to a group the other day that has a building project that they want to do where we could each put in 100, 200,000 a piece, create a community of 200 and, it's 200 and some rentable properties in it. Well, you think about it is if you don't waste your time buying all the foolishness that Amazon and I'm throwing Amazon under the bus, but you get what I'm saying. Amazon, any other source out there that's just stuff, frivolous stuff that you don't really need at that moment, you can save for another day. If I'd set that money aside, the decision of going, yeah, I'll throw 200,000 in this project, 150,000 in that project. You start looking at it going, well, how much did I waste that it could have been sitting there for opportunities like this when they, or when they come about? Really drives home the point that you can really screw yourself with the compounding ability if you don't properly manage your money over time. The next point he makes is financial freedom is passive income. We could look at that a couple different ways. If you aren't foolishly spending your money on nonsense, because a lot of things out there are just absolute nonsense, give you immediate joy, but not a long-term purpose to what you're trying to achieve. If you have that money available to work for you, you can now create passive income. So look at this building project. You have this building project where people put into it, build this community of rental properties. They generate revenue for, say, three to five years, stabilize the rents, and then sell it between year five and year seven, capitalize on it, then that should be payday. That makes more sense than just going and buying one more item off of Amazon, QVC, whatever your shopping addiction could possibly be. You want to create a secondary source of income, i.e. passive income. If you just have one source, one leg, which most people do, we'll get into another source that people think they have, but it's not necessarily true. But let's focus on this for right now. They have a job, but what happens if they stop working? The income stops coming in. They are, in essence, handcuffed to that career. If they're not there, they don't make money. You have to figure out a way to create some form of passive income. Now, that could be, like I said, apartment complex. That's a big, big picture there. You'd also be expanding the company you work for, expanding the like if are real expanding the amount of agents that are in your group, so that they're bringing income. That creates another stream of income. you have created passive income, and you're not just relying on your own production. That's absolutely brilliant. Because if you have a time where you need to step away, you still know that there's income coming in from another source. Passive income equals lifestyle. What you're trying to do is you're trying to get it to a point to where your passive income gets to the point where it is at a level that you could live off of that comfortably. And I don't mean just getting by like Social Security, because who the fuck can live on $1,100, $1,800 a month coming in? That's just absolutely ludicrous. I'm absolutely baffled when people walk away from me. Even a $50,000, $60,000 a year job because they think that they have to retire. But now they're collecting $1,500, $1,800 a month. That's not living. That's I don't even know how that's even surviving. I'm talking about real passive income. Let's look at it from the bare necessity of it needing to be equal to what you're making before. So if you were having a comfortable lifestyle at say 150,000, 200,000, and I mean like you're good to go. You don't carry crazy debt. That if you walked away and that was all you're making, you would be happy. That is what I'm talking about. You're replacing life for life with passive. That's the first level you're trying to achieve is that. So if a worst case scenario comes up and you have to step away from whatever career you're in, you have money coming in from another source that is going to maintain your lifestyle that you're comfortable with. Now, mind you, that is only the first level of passive income. You actually want to create wealth at such a level that you can bless others, meaning from a charity standpoint or from a job creation standpoint. Either or, you want to get to that level. But first, like the oxygen mask in an airplane, when it drops down, you put the mask on yourself, then you take care of the passengers around you. You need to look at financial freedom the same way. You take care of yourself and then you can take care of others. You got to get your own house in order, and then you can take care of others. Unlike the way the government tries to teach you to handle money, which is completely and absolutely ludicrous and stupid. It seems contrary, but you need to be selfish before you can be selfless. You don't see a lot of poor people helping other poor people from a giving standpoint as far as food, shelter, <laughs> medicine, on and on. It takes money to do those things. So you got to be selfish, so then you can be selfless. Not everybody's going to agree with me on that. And I am totally okay with that. That doesn't mean that you have an ungiving heart. Still tied to your church. Give your 10% to God first. I am 1,000% on board for that. Next, he gets into some things that I'm going to read the words and we're not going to discuss them any further. Secure compound interest. Money making money. Retirement compound interest. Business compound interest. Build your own bank compound interest. We're going to leave all those for when you track him down and watch his talk. You get better info on those than I could possibly give. Next thing you spoke about, though, debt means nothing. Financial freedom means everything. We're taught from a couple different schools here. You've got Dave Ramsey of the world saying, get out of debt. But is it good debt or bad debt? If I have all this debt on buildings that I own that create a return on my investment, is that bad debt? I don't think that's bad debt. I think that's good debt. I don't think you can just put everything in the pot of debt is bad. A bad debt would just be stupid purchases on your credit card. You totally understand that. But If it's debt that actually works for you and creates income, it's not bad debt. It's just money making money. Rich people have money making them money. Yeah, that gets into the what I was talking about before. The debt means nothing. Financial freedom is everything. So good debt, bad debt. Rich people have money making them money. Why not use somebody else's money to do that? Next few things he gets into, yeah, not much I can go to as far as extrapolate on it from a intelligence standpoint. Just the overall theme of the next group of notes that I took had to do with how the wealthy can make money that the normal person, meaning 99% of people can't. And what it gets down to is 99% of people are told to do 401ks and IRAs and Ross and stuff like that. Well, have you seen what the market has done over the course of the past two years? It's not good. We went from 37,006 of a high. I could be a little bit off, but it was over 37,000. Down to, let's pull up the phone app and let's look. Right now, we're at 28,726. That's a lot of drop. 37,000 to 28.7. You really want to depend on the stock market in your 401k. Because I can tell you what some of my stocks did and why I pulled the money out early because I was like, there's no way I'm letting this stuff get to zero. The rich get to play in a world where they have income coming in in a different style than what we see. However, it normally requires a minimum of $5 million portfolio to start with. So he spent a lot of time on that in the whole MPI premium finance structure that he has. Because like I said in the beginning, he is the founder of MPI. This is the reason that you want to see him talk is because of this. Feel like I should put a warning in here right now and go, look, I'm not a financial planner. Do whatever the fuck you want with your money. However, don't just look at one source and go, that's got to be it. Make sure you do some proper research on it so that you're not kept out in the dark down the line, literally and figuratively, because you don't have enough money. Okay, he spoke about never trust your business. And he said the reasons that businesses fail is one, because of cash flow, two, because of burnout, and three, because of innovation. 95% of all businesses go out of business. 78% of professional athletes go broke. 99% of Americans downsize at retirement. That's just awful. So you look at cash flow, meaning you have to have enough revenue coming in in order to pay yourself, to pay your employees, to pay your bills. Okay, that seems pretty simple. Burnout. You're not trusting the people around you. That could be a reason. You're not trusting the people around you. So you're burning the candle every end, just working all the time and you just get burnout because what you found is that you didn't create a business. You created a job that you have to pay yourself to do. Lastly is innovation. Seen that many times. I actually wrote about this in my first book where I published the top companies or I published companies that were in the, the S&P 500. that were no longer there anymore. And it got down to innovation issues. And then all the new companies that were in there and they were innovating at this moment. But if they don't continue to innovate, they will eventually also be out of business. I had to pause it and grab a copy of my first book, Dad's Rules for Being a Doll. Shameless plugs. Y'all really should buy it. Rule number five, patience is bullshit. Did you know that only 61 companies were in the top 500 companies in 1955 were in the top 500 in 2015? It was in an article published by Mark J. Perry on October 12th in 2015. He shows a list of those in the top 500 in 1955 and then in 2015. What I saw out of the 61 still around is that they continued to innovate and grow. They didn't rest, they didn't get patient, and wait on the market to improve. They pushed forward. So here, he broke it down into three different groups, Group A, B, and C. Group A are companies that were in there that aren't around anymore, like American Motors, Brown Shoe, Studebaker, Collins Radio, Detroit Steel, Zenith Electronics, and National Sugar Refinery. Group B, they are companies that are still around, still thriving. Boeing, Campbell Soup, General Motors, Kellogg, Procter & Gamble, John Deere, IBM, and Whirlpool. And Group C are companies that did not exist then that are now now around. Facebook, eBay, Home Depot, Microsoft, Google, Netflix, Office Depot and Target. So what this all got down to is innovation. Group C is the most interesting to me. They are the innovators seeing how things worked and saying, screw that. I have a better idea. That's what you always have to be concerned about when you have a business. Is somebody's going to go, I don't care if that's the way it's always going to be or it's always been. I believe that we can do it better. That's who you need to fear out there if you're a business owner. Never trust your business. He reiterated one more time that compounding cash is a true king. And then he gets into how his system works, how the MPI Unlimited, how they actually make it work. He gave a few points that I'm just going to read out. I actually really like these. He goes, live big today, make money, pay yourself first, secure your money, compound your money, leverage your money, fight for your money, and achieve financial freedom. That's how he wrapped it all up. We got time. So let's go into another speaker, Mary Pierce. Mary Pierce, give you a little background on her. She's a million dollar listing LA. So that's a TV show that was on. She was on that. International Closer and an Entrepreneur. What's really interesting about her is the clientele she works. Because she's a woman working heavily in the Dubai market. Not sure if you're familiar with that culture or not, but that is definitely not the norm. Most of the time in a culture like that, they have zero respect for women. To be successful in that environment, that says a lot about how badass Mary Pierce is. She started off her talk saying, Fuck it, why not me? And man, I absolutely love that. Look at a lot of things in life, and instead of going, Man, it'd be nice, but why not say, Fuck it, why not me? Nice switch of the mind shift there, isn't it? Next thing she says, Keep pushing through fear. Fear is such a funny thing. It's our brain trying to protect us from things that have not happened yet in our life. So it's not in our database that it's a possibility yet. So what we have to do is we have to break through that protected barrier in order to achieve greatness. Sad thing is, most people will not. The 80-20 rule says that less than 20% of the people will get 80% of the results, 80% will get 20%. That can be applied to a lot of things. And and I honestly think that in success, it is less than 20% that truly succeed. 20% may have some success, but you're down to single digit or even a point of 1% of those that truly succeed in life. Because what they did is instead of settling for that crippling fear, they had Mary's mentality of fuck it, why not me? Why can't I do this? You know, look at like like a guy like Dyson who invented the Dyson vacuum cleaner. He goes, "Well, fuck it, why can't I invent a better vacuum cleaner? It doesn't matter. It's been around all these years. Why can't I make a better one?" Same thing with what we're seeing in car technology right now. Same thing we're seeing in how Amazon revolutionized how packages get around the world. And UPS and FedEx and all these other companies said, well, we think that we can do it better than the post office. Look, innovation happens because somebody said, fuck it, why not me? Why can't I do this? Why should I accept the fear and just go into the field position, accept this as my end reality? Mary has a never give up mentality. That's a mentality that we all need to embrace is never give up. Never give up until that last breath and even then try to fight for another. Last thing she said was accepting challenges and rise above them. If you want to get to another level in life, you cannot live like everyone else, like the majority of people. You have to take challenges. You have to take risks. You have to push through the fear and have a never give up attitude. All right. How about one more? Nikki T hit the stage again, Nicholas Trevelyan. If you don't remember, let me educate you. Nicholas Trevelyan, co-founder of Menace, hosted the Triumphant Life podcast, and a business and strategy coach. He also helps people publish books that generate income for them. Very big deal. He took a little time on stage, so I feel I can fit this in real quick, and then we'll start fresh with another person on the next episode. The next one may take a whole episode just in themselves. Okay, so Nick said, he actually asked a series of questions. Who is my dream client? Whatever industry you're in, who is your dream client? Actually spend some time, write down on a sheet of paper who your dream client is. Spend a little time on this. This is not a rush kind of thing. So if you want to pause this, write that down and then think about it later. Great. Very good idea. I just came up with right there. What problem do they have? So that dream client of yours, what problem do they have? So figure out what that is. Now you can come to I help who do what. What you're doing here is you're narrowing down yourself from what I spoke about in a prior episode from Jason Von Payne of someone that is a going shotgun approach rather than sniper approach. When you have a dream client, a kitty cat, When you have a dream client and you figured out who that is and the problem they have, it can help you narrow down from a shotgun approach down to a sniper approach. So if you miss that episode, go back one episode, take a listen to that, and uh, i get into it on that one. So I help who do what. That's what you're trying to figure out because you want to narrow down your mission and what your job is down to a sentence or two. That's it. Last but not least, he talked about on social media that you're not chasing views, you're chasing impact. And I like that. I just want to leave that one hanging right there. All right, I'll say it one more time. Don't chase views, chase impact. It's great because I have posts that don't get a lot of views and I post to get incredible amount of views. And it's kind of funny because sometimes the ones that don't have a lot of views, those are the ones that I'm still getting DMs on the side, asking additional questions or wanting to work with me, whatever the case may be, but they seem to get more engagement than the ones that go thousands and thousands of views sometimes. Just how it works, because those are the ones that actually have impact. That little statement right there probably hit it a good time for me to see that and just remind me that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to chase an impact and not the use. So I know we went really quick on that. Nick was on stage for just a few minutes. So I just want to bring up what he talked about. He did bring up one other thing. And it had to do with the M8 system. Now, the M8 system is the way to take your business to the next level. However, leave that teaser right there. We're going to put pin in that because when I'm done with the whole MenaceCon recap, I'm going to give you an episode that is just flat out a case study about me personally and what the M8 system did for me. And I think it's going to flat out blow your mind. And once you, as a small business owner, non-entrepreneur, want to join the M8 system and see the success that I have had. So we're going to wrap it up right here. So if you like the show, don't like the show, that's fine. Still, review it with a great rating. Reach out to friends, families, and enemies alike because you know that they need the show as well. Subscribe, review, like, do all that fun stuff. We're available on all platforms. Share it worldwide because if we want to make the world a better place, they need this podcast. I don't know how else I could make that more clear as I stutter and stammer over my works. So until next time, go out and be the kick-ass adult I know that you all can be.